The Brooklyn Nets get back on the court tonight, and we break down the line, the matchups, and the winning ways of your Nets. Let's dive in. Coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, uh, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right in the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there is Doug Nori. I'm Adam Armbrecht. We thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We are free on all those great platforms. And, Doug, we're diving in on what should be redemption, revenge for the Brooklyn Nets. Supposed to be the second time that the Nets get to beat the Atlanta Hawks in a week and a half. And yet, back-to-back, all the nonsense, how could they shoot threes? It didn't quite go their way. Hopefully, it feels like the Nets with Cam Thomas back in the mix here are ready to have some more firepower and maybe a little better defense. Yeah, you know, it's you, sometimes you kind of forget even games that only happened four days or four games ago. But, you know, that game went to overtime the last time they played the Hawks. It felt like they had caught a scheduling break, like because you said the Hawks were on the back-to-back. Mikhail Bridges went off. He was 16 for 31, dropped 45 points over 44 minutes through overtime. No Cam Thomas in that one, so there's some, you know, material differences between that game and this one now. But that one did at the time, if we're just thinking back on it, at the time represented one that we felt like sort of got away, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. There was some late game stuff that felt like it could have gone the Nets way. It didn't. Um, feels like they should get back on track in this one. But I would say like overall, these are two pretty evenly matched teams, even if they sort of go about their business in different ways. Over with our friends on FanDuel, we've got the Brooklyn Nets plus three and a half on the road. They're plus 136 on the money line. Good Lord, Doug. This is a microscopic over under a 241 and a half <laughs> they combined they combined and he said overtime for 290 points uh just a few games ago that also was the the loss there marked the third straight loss for brooklyn then they bounced back winning four out of their next five going forward uh including this most recent one against the orlando magic which as we covered on that one felt like the bounce back they needed after the hornets loss felt like one of the best games they've put together overall this season. You mentioned this one being close. What what is the is Cam Thomas enough for the difference? Cuz in my mind, if you just give me Cam Thomas in that last game against this team, the Nets win. The Nets win in regulation and they win going away cuz you have another 27 point scorer on your team as opposed to needing the Herculean lift from McHale and no one really backing it up. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes hard to know, like just like our guys one to one differences when it comes to the game, the minus three and a half for the Hawks uh, for the home, I think suggests they're just like slight neutral court favorites. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, I think the I believe like the real line is like minus two and a half um, for neutral for for home court. I probably have to double check that. But either way, minus three and a half. Um, suggest they're pretty close i don't know if like i mean I, you, it's easy to say because it's like well you replace cam thomas with you know basically you know cam thomas's minutes with kind of anybody else that got, ended up playing a lot in that game right you know you end up getting 42 minutes out of dinwiddie's probably not one for one obviously we saw him replace dfs in the starting lineup dfs played 38 minutes those guys are completely different players and you know obviously it's take out the I 21 minutes got, for royce o'neill it's not one-to-one but he didn't score any points i'll take okay no, so there you go royce okay O'Neal so we're replacing seven points from cam in yeah, fair enough. If we're replacing the guy that scores zero points, and yeah, Cam Thomas is like with your twenty plus points, and the Nets win easily. All right, I, I, I know you're messing around, but like you know, yeah. I think functionally we saw. I think I think the, the the reason to feel real bullish on this situation, something you and I talked about, it's something Lucas and I talked about on yesterday's podcast, is that 
what we saw from them against Orlando when they put Cam Thomas into the starting lineup for Dorian Finney-Smith is an offense that was just like very high powered, right? Even yeah. with a Cam Thomas bad shooting day at seven for twenty three, and I think and I think that two things: one, that lineup should play better here also, like against the Trey Young Dejounte Murray backcourt with not real super dynamic wings in like Sadiq Bay and DeAndre Hunter. So I think Cam Thomas's entry into the starting lineup should continue on in this game. I think Jacques Vaughn and a company bought themselves like sort of another lucky break in okay well we started them and then it went really well so let's just keep going with it yeah. <laughs> right and and i do think that this is going to be a good chance to kind of see how that functions and i like the fact that this is the matchup because while i worry a little bit about the nets on defense against this trey young led backcourt i i don't think like moving cam thomas into the starting lineup here represents like more worry and i think they could just get even more points out of it if that makes sense oh yeah 100 percent. this is a game by the way where the atlanta hawks are coming in they're 5 13 and 1 against the spread the nets are 14 4 and 1 so spread talk about it like it love it and then money line even the brooklyn actually that was pretty even 10 and 9 9 and 10 against the spread there as well you mentioned you know um trey young and i think about it with cam thomas i'm not trying to heap a level of pressure on top of this kid but you also mentioned the bad shooting performance against orlando for him is Cam Thomas that kind of guy in your mind? Like, is that what he's on the precipice of? Because Trey Young can have a bad shooting night and still get you a lot of points, right? Like, there's the worlds where not every bad shooting performance is created equally, right? A bad shooting performance for a high-volume scorer, for a guy that can take over a game, you you live with those because you know at any point he can get hot. Whereas a guy that maybe takes too many shots or shoots over his percentages and over his what feels like allotted on-ball time, can end up skewing you like I, I like the idea that the reason why this team can be even more dynamic offensively is because cam can go off in a way that nobody else on this roster can yeah i wouldn't put like cam thomas and trey young as proxies for each other just yeah. because trey's game is just so distri distribution heavy in turn in or in, like in addition to sort of like what he does on the ball i think what you're saying is you know are is cam going to get to the point where he can the nets can with maybe you're asking other can the nets get to a point where they can withstand badge cam shooting nights just because of the way that like he sort of ends up scoring his points is that your question yeah, yeah exactly yeah exactly. Yeah. like hey you can have right. bad runs and then still come out of it and be an impact player in a given game yeah so two things one we talked about this briefly but cam thomas's five assists last game were the second most of his career if that 38 minutes so he had a minutes bump to kind of get the per the per minute stuff up we've seen times where this has happened they've talked explicitly about this as part of his game right yep. if he can and he if you listen to the old man of the three podcast like with jj which is a great interview um with cam like he talks a little bit about this the the vaughn has talked about if this becomes more of his game then a yes because they they'll be just such a deadly offense because you actually won't be able to bring help against them. Like they'll, and he'll be able to read and read and react out of bad matchups Two, um, if, if like, this is, if, well, sorry, two, one is this is two with the, also the bad shooting, he gets the line so much yes. that he'll always be able to theoretically always be able to sort of maintain. Now the, the free throws haven't been totally back since he returned from injury. I, I, I do think that like, 11 and 14, like the, the times he got to the line early in the like earlier in the season, I, those numbers aren't going to be there. But we've also seen him be able to just draw fouls at a, at a pretty great rate based on his size. So I think like even that too will always raise his floor considerably. All right, well I want to get into a few more things that we got going here. Plenty to talk about uh, when it comes to 
Atlanta and the Nets. We'll do that one second. First, going to tell you about our friends over at Game Time. Look, when it comes to buying tickets, you want it to be fun. You want it to be non-stressful. You're looking forward to going and seeing the game, going and seeing the play, the concert, the event, whatever it is in your area. Getting those tickets should not be a hassle. Game Time knows that. Game Time is the number one place to go and find the tickets that you need because you know you're going to get a couple things. One, you're going to be able to see the seats that you're going to sit down in, so there's not going to be any surprises. Two, you're going to get the very best deals out there on the market as well. They make the ticket buying experience easy. If you're into the Nets here, now look, um, there's still time for this. This Friday, 12-8, before they go on the West Coast trip, Washington Wizards at Brooklyn Nets starting at $5 on Barclays. $5 over at game time. And looking at projecting forward a little bit. Maybe you're thinking out to 1220 Knicks at Nets. $88, so a little bit more. So maybe if you're looking to just uh, save a little money there, go see the Wizards. Yeah, it's the Wizards, but you know, $5 starting at game time is the way to go. You download the game time app to get started. You enter the code locked on NBA to make sure you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Once again, download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right. So as we tie a bow on our game day preview with the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Atlanta Hawks, Doug mentioning, man, almost West Coast trip time for the Brooklyn Nets. All the more reason to kind of stack up a couple of these wins. We look back at that last game and listen, it's an overtime, so everything gets pumped up a little bit. But it was one of those games where the Nets outshot Atlanta from the field. They outshot them from beyond the arc. And in a game like you know, the Nets don't always get to the line with a high volume, but they got there 24 times, only lost that margin by five. So there were a lot of things coming out of that game, including narrowly winning the rebound battle by 159-58 that went in the favor of Brooklyn. All those things lead up to saying, and that's why you lost in overtime, right? You know, 147-145. What is the defensive piece of this, though? Because I feel like, again, it was a back-to-back and all that good stuff, and Atlanta could score a lot of points. Great. But they're neat, like the Nets need to find a way to be more defensively sound like they did against Orlando. Like you need to find a way to put together a couple of games here where you're not giving up where you're giving up, excuse me, closer to a hundred than 140. Yeah, for sure. If you have not listened to it, I will, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast that I did yesterday with Lucas Kaplan of Nets daily. He and I did break down. Yeah, we did break down some defensive stuff specifically around the Nets and like what was, you know, in his mind, and I, we definitely agreed on this, what what was sort of happening around why the defense, why this defensive scheme, may, even with guys that we think are like high-quality defenders, why the defense has dropped. And <laughs> drop being the operative word, they're playing a new scheme, and just in general, like the team looks just, they're not doing super aggressive, switch-happy stuff. It's important to remember that like with a base defense, you are going to get situations where, it's just like kind of easy on the other team, especially against guys like Trey who are sort of like mastermind offensive players. Like whatever you think of Trey young for his playoff deficiencies, like there's no doubt the guy is like really is one of the very best offensive players in basketball. Like he's a, he he's excellent at the pick and roll. He's excellent at drawing fouls that drove us crazy last game. Like, like he's just is one of those kinds of players. And if you were going to play a very vanilla defense, then the other guys like this are going to be able to do work against it. I think that's like going to be sort of expected. But if you listen to the conversation also, you'll know that we did break down like ways that it can improve. One way it could just improve are just connectivity, communication, and having a general idea of like sort of what you're doing. Don't dig too early. Don't stunt too early. Like, um, or just don't overdo it. This is what's leading to a lot of these open threes 
is that there's just an, it's not, a, I had called it aggressiveness, but that's was probably wrong. It was just bad communication and bad understanding of like when to help and when not to. I right. do think and we're and actually going to go for that play when you don't need to, right? Like go, go, the disruptive play, the, even the aggressive closeout when like just being there is enough. So you don't give up the play behind you. And sometimes the aggressive closeout looks aggressive because you screwed everything up before it. Like you, <laughs> right, like, you, right, you effort you, to like save your two play. passes, two passes ago, you made a mistake. And now what looks like an aggressive closeout is actually just like nine one, one recovery mode. And so scramble. Yeah, right. And so I think like eliminating that stuff for them is pretty paramount. The hope is as things go that it will improve. But and as Lucas pointed out, it's a good point. There's probably a ceiling on how good it can be just based on the coverage. Like the coverage doesn't isn't with their personnel is not going to lend itself to them being if they continue this being this amazing defense. Yeah, but. It can it should be better than 23rd or whatever it is now. That's all it is, right? Give me some consistency. Eliminate some of the egregious errors. Or as you say, don't make the mistake two steps earlier so you don't feel like you need to make an aggressive recovery attempt and you can be in good shape. Bottom line for me, Doug, is I still believe that the Nets can win this game, obviously. And we like to do this, give a little parlay action. FanDuel is a little bit shaky about committing to Cam Thomas and the things that they think that he can do, at least when it comes from a parlay perspective. And I respect that because this guy is capable of going off. But I'll take the Brooklyn Nets on the money line. I'll take Cam Johnson to score 15-plus points. Why? Because rain hellfire from three. And then also, we're going to get Spencer Dinwiddie on the six-plus assist. Going to be plus 309. Easy money, friends. I know that Doug agrees. Oh, yeah. I mean, also, you mentioned Cam Thomas, too. I I do think one – if you're looking for, like, maybe – I know you mentioned Cam Johnson, but before that, Cam Thomas. If you're looking at overs – like Cam Thomas is an interesting over here because one thing that we saw last game, which I was a little surprised about was like, they played him a ton of minutes and I know DFS wasn't in the mix for this one. And that probably, that might change it a little bit, but Young oh, legs. yeah. So just keep an eye. Like if they post a Cam Thomas piece up here, I, right now it's not up there on FanDuel. Keep an eye on this because if 37, 38 minutes is going to be the norm for him, like, you're going to want to catch you're going to want to catch the overs early. Yes. <laughs> like this is sometimes where knowing a team and following a team can help you. You can IKB this, I know better because you you will just like see the trend that maybe one game beforehand. And if they played him that many minutes last game two thing two games off the injury, like that's a really encouraging sign for overs on Cam Thomas. So I like that see if they post it later. Guys, that's an insider little tip there from yours truly, Doug Nori. We'll be back again on the post game live on YouTube, obviously breaking this one down as we always are. So be sure you're locked in for that and talking all things, as you know, on a game day, Brooklyn Nets basketball.